Okay, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Hey, are they coming? Or is that the same guys? Oh, thank you. Hey, Andrew. You're beautiful. Thank you. Hey, they're not out there? Uh, no. <laughs> hey, good try. Thanks. Thanks for going out there. Maybe they'll come eventually. All right, so how many of you have been liking this series that we've been in? Yes, it's been good. Anybody know what it's called? Reasonable Life. Good, good. We got some listeners. Okay, so we're on the Reasonable Life. And a part of this Reasonable Life uh, series has been on relationships. So that's the part that we're in right now. Gabriel first talked to us about the rundown. You guys remember that? You guys seen that movie with The Rock? It's a good movie. It's, It's nothing like that movie, but the rundown, right? He talked about Matthew uh, 22, maybe, verse 37. Let's throw that out there. Maybe it's right. Matthew 22, he gives us the two greatest commands, love one another and love God, right? Love God first, then love one another. And so in First John, we're going to get to that too. He goes in a little more detail of, of what that looks like. But then last, last week, he talked to us about relationships, intimate relationships with one another, right? that we could have deep relationships that aren't akuna matata. It's not no worries, it's not, oh, I'm doing all right, it's not fake on the outside, right? It's, it's genuine, it's real, it's what's really going on with us. It's that real life that we're struggling with. I know Gabriel himself, he has a lot of really close friends about eight or ten guys that he shares everything with, every struggle, every image that pops up in his mind. He shares everything, and it's good because he puts himself and makes himself vulnerable, and he shares his heart. And it's important to do that because it, it causes us not to, not to fall as easily. Because we have strong men and women around us that are supporting us and building us up and encouraging us and challenging us when we need it. And that's real relationship. And that's what God's called us to, is is a real, genuine relationship with one another. So today I'm going to talk to you about the love extension. It's not the love connection, it's the love extension. Is that too old? Nobody knows what the love connection is? I don't even really know what the love connection is. Tom does, he's old enough, he knows. Oh, there they are, come on, give them a round of applause. Nice of you to join us. What's up? That's Jessica and the rest of them. So that's real genuine relationship. So today the love extension, it goes deeper. It goes deeper than just these love relationships with with our brothers and sisters in Christ. There's some more of them. What's up, guys? About time. Right? It goes deeper than just loving each other that are close to us. It goes deeper than just loving the people that are easy for us to love. It goes deeper than just your closest friends and having deep relationships with them. It's the extension of going out and loving one another. And so John talks about in 1 John, he's one of the apostles. You guys there in 1 John? How many people have their Bibles? 
I heard four yes. Come on. First John, there we go, iPhones. How many people got their iPhones? Yeah. Don't play words with friends. I know all of you play words with friends. All right. Oh, that's not even the right one. We're going to go right here. First John chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who, who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Say, uh-oh. If you're not loving people, you're not loving God. Yeah, you guys in the back, you can yell. That's good. Uh-oh, come on. That's good. All right. This, this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is, there's so much built into this passage. It's not done, but this is, this, this is the gospel right there. That's salvation right there. He sent his one and only son to us to die on the cross for us so that we too can live eternally and we can love one another. That's salvation. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And John is breaking this all down to make it easy, to make it simple. He's giving us the rundown right here. Then he says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And there's the two greatest, greatest commands. Love God and love one another. And then it keeps going. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. That's big. That's big news. We know that we live in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. That's talking about grace. Anybody remember Mark Drake when he came here? The in and through guy, as Billy calls him. Right? He talks about the Spirit of God is, is what's in us. It moves through us. The work of the Holy Spirit, and that's grace. We have grace in our lives. So the three main things. He, he breaks it down into three main things. Salvation or the gospel. And then he talks to us about the two greatest commands. Love one another and love God. And then he talks to us about grace. Moving inside of us and through us. And that's how we're called to love one another. Let's pray. Father, God, we thank you so much for this day, God. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we praise your name today, God. We are excited about your word. Not my words, your word, God. And Father, we're asking that you would plant seeds tonight, God. That you would convict us and, and teach us and, and help us to grow closer to you. And closer to, to knowledge of you and understanding of you, God. We worship you today. God, we give you our hearts. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this, this is John's call to the church. He's writing to the church that he first founded. Right, there's a few churches that he founded in the Asia Minor, and he writes to them. And he gives them the rundown of what we're called to do. He makes it simple, and he makes it plain. And he makes it for each one of them. It wasn't just for the pastors. It wasn't just for the elders of the church. It wasn't just for some of them. It was for all believers. Each believer was called for the same thing. 
And he said, this is what you're called to do. Love one another and love God. See, if you love God, you will love one another. See, that word ought, it means to be in debt to. It says, because God loved us, we ought to love one another. But that ought is we're indebted to, or we must. Because if the love of God is inside of us, we will love one another. It says, if you don't love one another, then you don't love God. The love of God is not inside you. But see, when we choose to love God, and the love of God is inside us, we start to love one another, and we learn how to love one another. And John makes it simple. He says, this is how you love one another. This is how you know love. It's because God gave his one and only son to die on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for your sins and for my sins so that we too could love one another. And he goes deeper and he says, this is how you know real love. Not because you loved him, but he first loved you. Not because we first did something to deserve it. Because if you know, like I know, I didn't do anything to deserve the love of God. He took me out of the most broken place in my life and loved me and cared for me and extended a hand out to me. And he brought me up. Not because I deserved it. I didn't do anything. In the same way he did that for each one of us. And we too ought to love one another that unconditional love, that relentless love, and pursue people and go after them. So we talked about last week with those deep, intimate relationships. But this week, I'm going to challenge us all to extend our hand out and to reach other people, to reach those who are hurting the most, to those who are the most broken, to those who we don't normally extend our hand out to, that usually just get kind of overseen. Maybe the ones who sit in the back and walk out every couple minutes. Oh, now you're sitting down. Oh, he called him out. (laughs) Good job, Bria. Thanks. So we're going to look at a passage where Jesus took time and he reached his hand out. See, Jesus built with his disciples and he loved his disciples. And he had 12 close, intimate friends. And he built these deep relationships where he would share the secrets of the kingdom of heaven with them. The disciples asked him, why do you speak in parables? And he says, I share to you, only to you, the deep secrets of heaven. He spoke them to them, but he spoke in parables to the rest. And there's times where Jesus would go out and he would look at crowds and he would immediately have compassion for them. Because he first looked at the person. He didn't look at the outside of the person and what they looked like and what they dressed like. But he first saw the soul and he loved them immediately. And he had compassion. He would speak to the people that nobody else was supposed to speak to. He was a Jewish man. And he went out and he spoke to the Samaritan women. That was considered not okay. Especially Samaritan woman. But he would go out and he would do that because of love that compelled him inside of him. He had compassion for her. He would go and he would eat with the tax collectors when everybody else hated the tax collectors. And he would love them and care for them. So Matthew chapter 8. Did I say that yet? Matthew chapter 8. Let's go to that. It's real quick. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he, Jesus 
came down from the mountainside. Large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, he was cured of his leprosy. Now, leprosy was a, was a skin disease. It was a pretty bad skin disease, too. It was, it was pretty nasty. Anybody had the chicken pox? Yeah. Anybody not have the chicken pox? Yeah. Dang, better not get them. That's going to be bad. Bummer. Right, with chicken pox, you get all these red bumps all over your body, and you itch. You just scratch and scratch, and your mom says, quit scratching, you're going to have scars. I quit scratching when you itch. you got to scratch. You just start scratching and start scratching. You end up having scars. Well, this is what leprosy was, times about 100,000, times a lot. It was bad. It started out with little white spots. It started on their eyelids and on the palms of their hands. Yeah, it was nasty. And then it would spread, and it would itch like crazy, and they would scratch it, and it would become scars, and it would become scabs. And they would scratch it again and pick the scabs. Anybody a scab picker? I used to be a scab picker. Yep, yep, Gabe, you're a scab picker. I'd pick them, you know, throw them down, watch them bleed, pick them again, throw them down, watch them bleed, cover it up. Come on! That's what we do. We're men. We scratch, scratch our scabs. Anybody not scratch your scabs? That's a man? Yeah. <laughs> Wade. Good man, good man. Mama taught you well. Well, that's good. But see, these guys probably scratched. And they looked really bad. I'm just going to assume that. I wasn't there, but I'm going to assume it. Because it itched. It was a horrible itch. And they would scratch it. And it would make it worse and worse. And these people were considered unclean. So they were literally outcasted. They were sent outside the city limits. They said, get out of here. We don't want to be with you. So they would send them outside to a little leper colony. And they could just hang out together because if you're a leper, you're a leper. You don't get it more, you know. They probably scratch each other's scabs, you know. Pick the one on my back. Get that one. Oh, you guys are sick. That's what I would do. <laughs> Too far? Too much? So they were stuck in this... This community by themselves. And every time they would come inside the city limits, they had to let everybody know that they were lepers. So they couldn't cover themselves. They had to show all of their nasty scabs and cuts and, and probably oozing out. They're probably like giant zits, you know, with white heads. And pop them, and, you know, just big, giant things. And come on. See, I was trying to get these guys involved in the back back there. So, they would pop these zits and scratch them. And, and so every time they'd come inside the city, they had to raise up their hands and say, unclean. <laughs> unclean. Because they were unclean. They were nasty. But they had to tell everybody that. And they were completely rejected and outcasted. Because of, of this skin disease. Because of what they looked like on the outside. They had to be sent away because nobody else wanted that. Nobody wanted what they had. And so each person that had leprosy probably was never touched again by a person, except themselves, unless other scratchers, you know, maybe. But other than that, they were never touched by anybody. 
They didn't have a, a hug, a genuine hug from anyone. It was unclean for them to touch him. It was unclean for them to look at him. But this man comes by one day, and Jesus immediately has compassion. And he sees the soul. He sees the person. He doesn't see just the outside. He sees instantly out of love, out of the eyes of love, immediately has compassion. And he reaches out his hand, and he touches this man. Like this, what's up, dude? What's your name? Chris. Chris. He touches Chris like this. He touches him, and he says, be healed. See, Jesus didn't have to touch him. He could have just stood back here and say, be healed. And he would have been healed right there. But Jesus takes it a step further. And he says, I'm going to show you that I love you. And he reaches out his hand. Chris, you're, you're a good kid. Reaches out his hand and he touches him. To show him that he truly, genuinely loved him and cared for him. He probably hadn't had a touch like that, an embrace like that, maybe ever. But he felt that love immediately and he was healed. I have a story for you. If the scab story was making you disgusted, this is going to be bad. So you might need to plug your ears. So about sometime last year, it was in the morning. And I went to do what I always do every morning. I pook. You guys going to be able to handle this? And it was a good one, too. It took me about 20 minutes. I don't know. It took a while. It was a good one. I'm preaching now. Come on. And so I got done. And I knew it was a good one. So I had to admire it. Come on. Don't act like you don't. I'm a looker. All right. I have to see my accomplishment. I have to know that I did a good work, so I go, yeah, that was a good one. That was nice. So I did that, and I got up, and I looked at it. And as I looked at it, my wife happened to be in there. Sorry, baby. I don't know what she was doing, curling her hair or something, but her hand hits her little makeup thing. Bloop. Right in the toilet. It was bad. <laughs> Should I go any further? So I look at it, and it's way down there. It doesn't float. It sunk. It went straight down, and it went into the little hole thingy down there. And I thought, man, this is perfectly round, and there's no way it's not going to clog up the toilet. If I flush the toilet, it's going to go everywhere. It's going to flood the place. So I was a man, and I stood up. And I said, baby, will you get that? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So I look around, and my wife's there, and I know my wife's not going to do anything. And I look over at Samson, my cat. And he runs up, and he looks in the toilet. And he runs away. And I knew that it was on me. As Gabriel would say, I had no other options. I was going after that thing. That's right. I went in after it. So I got a little cars bag. 
I'll put my hand in the car's bag. How you guys doing? So I stuck my hand down in there. And yes, there was a hole in it. So immediately I started feeling my own poo. And I'm reaching down and I'm reaching down. I'm trying to get this thing. But I can't feel it. But what I am doing is kind of stirring the pot a little bit. (laughs) So the fumes start coming up. And I'm down here with my arm in the toilet. Holding the bag. And I can't take it out. Or I'm going to get poop all over the place. I'm sorry, ladies. I had to tell it. There's a purpose. So I stuck my hand down there. And then it started coming up. You know that gag? (laughs) No joke. No joke. I start, my little reflex starts kicking in. And I try and put my hand away and not smell it. But it wasn't happening. (laughs) Ashley's plugging her ears. I'm sorry. If you're going to throw up, just run outside. So I sucked my hand down in there, and I threw up all into the toilet. And my arm's still in there with my poop and my throw up all over it. It was this arm. It was a long time ago. Don't worry, Chris. And so now I'm looking at this toilet with my arm still in it. Full of puke, full of poop. My wife is about to pass out. So she runs and she flushes the toilet. I said, No! Everything went down. Except for her little makeup thing, which she still uses today. Just kidding. It was there all along, and I never had to go in there and dig down there and get that thing. So it's an awful story. Yes, I know. But this is the point. See, (laughs) yeah, moral of the story, don't look at your poop afterwards. Okay. So in the same way that people saw these lepers as disgusting, they saw them as unclean. Maybe not that disgusting, but they saw them as unclean. And they wouldn't touch them. They wouldn't reach out. And none of them in, in, the, in the city would go out and touch these people. They would leave them outside of the city limits, outside by themselves, for nobody else to care for them, except Jesus. Jesus steps in and he says, I don't care what you look like on the outside. I don't care if you look disgusting on the outside. I'm still going to reach out. I'm still going to touch you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to care for you. And see, that's who Jesus is. And that's who He's called us to be, that we would reach out. And that we would touch our neighbors who are broken. That we would touch those who are unlovely. Those who we would normally walk away from and never look at or never talk to. He's called us to love those same people. And I think a lot of us as Christians... Consider people lepers. In other words, they're outcasted outside of our reach, outside of our hand. Maybe we don't see them as disgusting, but 
They're outside of our reach. And we say, well, my arms just aren't long enough. Well, I just can't reach out over there. And we start to classify people. Just as, as the world classifies people, we start to do the same thing. We start to put people in groups. And we see them as outcasted. Some of us, maybe it's homosexuals. We see them as outcasted people, and so we don't want to be around them. But Jesus would have went right up to them. And he would have touched them. And he would have said, I love you. I care for you. He didn't just look past them. But so many times, probably every day, we look past people that could be loved and that just need someone to reach out and touch them. See, in the Old Testament, leprosy was the outside physical form of the innermost spiritual corruption. Right? Even God would would place leprosy on people when their inside, when their, their spiritualness was just broken and they were disgusting on the inside. So it would reflect on the outside of who they are. And a lot of times it's just these people are broken and they're hurting. And so on the outside, they put a front up. And they're liars, or they're manipulators, or they're mean, they're always angry. And so instead of checking their heart and looking at the person, we see the outside. And so we walk away from them. We see that they're homosexuals. Or we place them in different categories and we say, well, I'm just not called to the skaters and the punks. They can go sit by themselves somewhere. Someone else will go get them. Justin skates, he'll go hang out with them. Some of us, it's the thugs, the gangbangers, and they scare us. We say, well, Billy will go get them. But we don't reach out and touch them. We don't reach out and extend our love to them. We just say, well, somebody else will do it. And now we have become clicky. And we have made our own group of our comfortable people and close brothers and sisters. But we've stopped reaching out our hand of love to these people that are broken. We say, well, somebody else will go get them. Somebody else is going to step in and love them. It's just not for me. You know, when John was writing this, he was writing it to the whole church. This is how you love one another. Not because you first loved God, but because He first loved you. See, if we chose in our heart to first love a person before we see what's on the outside, before we see how they dress, before we see how they act, before we ask them what grade they're in. You know, I hear a lot of times that people say, well, I'm called to, to high schoolers, and they're in junior high. And so I'm going to let somebody else go hang out with them. Reed seems to like junior hires. I'll let him go over there. And so we leave them in the back by themselves. Hate to point you guys out. And we say somebody else will care for them. Or we say, well, I'm just called to college age kids and everybody else is just annoying to me. They're annoying and immature, so I'm not going to hang out with them. Or we think, well, I just don't have that same background. You know, I didn't grow up on the street, so how am I going to relate to them? I didn't grow up in a broken home, so how am I going to relate to them? 
Do you have the love of God inside of you? That's how you relate to Him. You love Him back. You love Him because you chose first to love them. Say, I might not have all the words to say to you, but I know how to love you because the love of Christ compels me. It's inside of me. And the Holy Spirit moves through me. And now I too can love you in that same way. I think too many times we over-spiritualize things and we say, well, you know, I just don't have all this Bible knowledge. And I don't have 13 scriptures memorized. I only have three. You know, John 3.16, that's all I really know. I don't even remember how the end goes, but I could start it off. And we think that we need all these tools. We think we need to go to college first for 15 years and learn something. 15 years. Come on, I'm going to be there 15 years. Preach it, don't speak that over me. Where was I? 15 years. Right, so we, we think that, where was I? Don't over-spiritualize things. Right, we think that we, we have to have these specific tools. And, and, well, I'm just not a pastor. Well, I'm just not an evangelist. Well, I just, you know, I, I just don't really know this person very well. If you have the love of God inside of you, that's all you need. Because the love of God compels you to love others. And that's what encourages us. And that's what teaches us how to love one another if we first love God. So what do I do first? Love God. Once we start to know God and we start to love Him, His love comes in us and through us and allows us to go and to love others. That's how you relate to them. Not because you had the same family growing up. Sometimes that helped, yeah. But because you have the love of Christ in them and you can hear them and you can listen to them. Some people just need a hug. Some people just need you to remember their name. Some people just need you to reach out a hand and say, are you okay? But too many times we're caught up and we say, that's just not my gifting. And we take our spiritual gifts and we say, well, I'm just not called to evangelize. I'm just not called to really pastor people. I'm just called to be a businessman. I'm just called to live a normal life. And you guys are the radical ones. And you guys are the ones that go out and and preach the word with confidence. But I don't have a lot of confidence. So how am I going to go out and preach the word? You don't have to go out and preach the word to them. Go out and love them. Go out and sit next to them and say, how are you doing today? Get to know them. Have a deep relationship with them. But choose to love them first. That's how we evangelize. Jesus said, they will know that you're my disciples by your preaching of the word, by your Bible knowledge, by your awesome good looks. No, by your love. That's how they're going to know that we're his disciples, is by our love. If we extend our hand out with no agenda, not trying to just lead them to the Lord, but that we first say, I just want to love this person. I just want to care for this heart. And once we do that, 
The love of God comes out of us and through us. And He gives us the words to speak. I saw the Holy Spirit. It's not your job to save people. It's the Holy Spirit. But it's your job to love people. It's my job to go out and love people. It's not my job to say, well, I'm only called to this half of the room, but not this half. No, you're called to love each person unconditionally. But you first have to choose it in your heart. You first have to choose in your heart that I'm going to love this person. I don't care if they're in junior high. You might have an emphasis on high schoolers. God might have a, a calling and an extra grace in your life to lead a, a high school MyPod. But it shouldn't stop right there. Yeah. See, too many times we think that, well, I'm loving God, I'm loving these people right here. But somebody else can love them. I'm already working five days a week and I'm going to three MyPods. And, and that's just too much. That's, that's too radical to love every person I come in contact with. That's a lot of work. No, it's not a lot of work. When God places something inside of you, when God places his love inside of you, all you have to do is not keep it to yourself. You start extending that hand. You start reaching out. See, Jesus had his close friends and his close disciples, but he never stopped reaching out. He never stopped extending that hand of love. He never stopped going to the, un, to the broken people. He said, I'm called to the unsaved, not to the saved. I'm called to seek and to save what was lost. So he goes and he seeks what is lost. And he puts his hand out. And he cares for him. And each one of us in this room, we can extend our hands further to the people that we wouldn't normally see as someone that we would hang out with. Somebody that we would normally see as an outcast. Maybe it's the elderly. We're just like, oh, they're just old and I wouldn't know what to say to them and I don't want to pull, push their wheelchair around. I, I just, I'm just not called to old people. I'm called to the youth. No, you're called to love people. Some people, it's, it's different races. We're intimidated by different races. And so we think that they're going to shoot us down, so we just don't go and talk to them. But we're the ones that are making clicks. We're the ones who are not extending our hands out and not loving. We're the ones who are just staying to this restricted area because we have fear in us. But John says that perfect love casts out all fear. That we don't have to have fear if we have true, genuine love for one another. See, there's even people in this room that we wouldn't normally talk to. And maybe some of us are just going out and hanging out with the same group of people every day. And every Thursday we go and we talk to the same group. Because they're our close-knit friends. But we haven't met a single new person. Because we haven't extended our hand out. Someone else will go get them. My arms are too short. I only have two hands. I can't reach that far. But the love of God does not stop. What if God said, well, I'm just going to love a limited few and the rest are on their own? 
But God genuinely loves each one of us. And He extends His hand out to each one of us. I know I was in my most broken state when Jesus, or God, the Holy Spirit came and reached His hand out. And He picked me up out of my broken place. And He loved me. And He cared for me. And I think each one of us have had an experience like that. Where we felt the love of the Father surrounding us and grabbing us when we know we didn't deserve it. So my challenge tonight is who are the lepers in our lives? Who have we considered to be outcasts? Is it our bosses? Because they micromanage us. They're always watching for us to make a mistake so they can kick us in the butt. Only Caleb laughed at that one. So they could write us up. Is it our teachers that you think hate you? You think they just want to fail me, but really you just don't do your homework? Come on, that was me. Man, my teacher hates me. I was a punk. Should have hated me. Right? Are we taking what people have already done to us and we're putting them at a distance because they already hurt us? Maybe a relationship broke. And so now we've kind of pushed that person aside. Maybe it's a relationship in our family. Our parents have abused us or hurt us. And so we have bitterness towards them and we've pushed them away. And we say, I just can't love you right now. Or we say something stupid like, I love you, but I just don't like you right now. That's stupid. That is stupid because that's conditional. That's saying that if you are mad at me right now and you say something stupid to me, I'm going to hate you. I'm going to push you aside. This is what breaks up families. This is what breaks up marriages. This is what breaks up relationships. Because we've been hurt once, so we push them aside. And we walk away and we say, it's just not worth it. And this is Christians. Us as Christians, we do this. We need to be the extension of God's love and God's hand. It says, others are going to know the love of God through us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. God's not just coming in a booming voice to everybody and everybody getting saved that way. It's through the love of people that extend out their hands and love everybody that comes in contact with them. It's that genuine love for one another. That's what grips people. Not that you have persuasive words and you can preach the gospel, but that you can reach out your hand and you can love a person. And you can have genuine relationship. And you can go deep in your relationships. And then you can help show the love of God. That's how people will see the love of Christ is through believers. That's how the arm of God is extended. So for us tonight, who are we outcasting? Who are we sending outside the city limits and saying, I've just burnt this bridge and you're just you're too far. You messed up. You punched me in the head and I didn't like it. We're not friends anymore. Or you said something mean and gossiped, and we're not friends anymore. You know, Jesus 
was abused. He was beaten. He was spit on. He was disgraced. When he didn't do a single sin to any person. He didn't sin against any one of them. And they all beat him. And they laughed and they spit in his face. And they hung him on a cross. And he still reached out his arms. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they were doing. He still reached out his arms and said, I still love you. As he was hanging on the cross, he extended his arms of love. But us, when somebody wrongs us once, we we get rid of them. It shouldn't be this way. This is for me. This is for all of us. That we could all love each person we come in contact with, no matter how disgusting they may look on the outside. Or how far away they may be. Just think about it. If we loved each person unconditionally that we saw, and we never burned any bridges, and we never let people making fun of us get in our way of loving them, and we continued to extend our hands, and we continued to love them after they disgraced us and disgraced us, but we kept coming back and kept loving them. You know what would happen to this church? It would blow up. There wouldn't be walls that could, ta- that could contain the church. The whole city would be saved because we extended our hands of love. And that starts inside of us. We all need to take responsibility for this and not start saying, well, we're the evangelists. Go do your job. No. We all are evangelists. We all are called to love people. We are all called in the Great Commission to extend our hands out and to love people and to care for their hearts first before they do anything to wrong us. And even when they do wrong us, that we still continually pursue them and love them and have deep, intimate relationship with them. Not because they loved us, but because we first loved them. Not because we loved God, but because He first loved us. That's how we were all saved. So John sends out to his... He writes this this letter to his church. And when he was old, and he was dying, they would pull him, away, pull him around on a stretcher, and he would continue to preach. And he would go through crowds of people, and he would extend his hand out, and he'd touch them, and he'd say, Dear children, love one another. Dear children, love one another. And that's all he would say. But he would keep saying that. And people started to ask, John, why don't you preach something else? Why don't you teach us something new? And he said, because this is the Lord's commands. And if we do this, it's enough. If that's all we do in our whole Christian life is love God and love one another, it's enough. Because God's going to do the rest. The Holy Spirit does the rest. All we do is love. If each one of us in this room would extend our hands out and love each person, no matter what they look like, no matter what their age is, no matter if they sit in the back and play the whole time, 
and we still choose to love them and forgive them. Just kidding, guys. The church of God, the kingdom of God would expand so greatly because we are committing ourselves to go out and to love one another. So our challenge is that we would love each person unconditionally and not look at what they do, but look at their hearts first and say, this is a child of God. God loves this person, and I'm going to go love them. Amen? Is that something we can do? Let's pray. Father.